today we will attempt to bring engage or engaging God engaging intimately with God to a close engaging intimately with God to a pause okay that sounds better right engaging intimately with God I said to you that when somebody says they are engaged when a lady says they are engaged it means they have gone past acquaintances isn't it? They have gone past friendship. They are now in a serious relationship leading to marriage. Am I making sense? So when somebody says, I am engaged, it means that the relationship that they are in is much deeper. Amen. Ezekiel chapter 47, are you there? We're going to read from verses 1 through to 5. The man brought me back to the entrance to the temple, and I saw water coming from under, I'm reading the NIV, I saw water coming out from under the threshold of the temple towards the east, for the temple faced east. The water was coming down from under the south side of the temple, south of the altar. He then brought me out through the north gate and led me around the outside of the outer gate facing east. And the water was trickling from the south side. And the man, as the man went eastward with a measuring line in his hand, and he measured off a thresh, a thousand cubits, and then led me through the water that was ankle deep. Somebody say ankle deep. And then he measured off another thousand cubits. And he led me through the water that was knee deep. Somebody say knee deep. And he measured off another thousand and led me through the water that was up to the waist. Somebody say waist high. Verse 5. He measured off another thousand, but now it was a river that I could not cross because the water had risen and was deep enough to swim in. A river that no one could cross. Here ends the reading of his holy word. Hallelujah. He says that when he led me, at first I was ankle deep. I said to you, any one of us, when we have any relationship, we start from ankle high relationship, isn't it? Then he moves from ankle high to what? Knee. And then from knee to what? Waist. And from waist, it goes above to the point that you cannot walk through the water. You will have to swim. Hallelujah. Our relationship with God has to be the same format. When you come to Christ, you are on ankle deep relationship. You are supposed to move from ankle deep relationship to knee deep relationship. And you are supposed to move from knee deep relationship to waist high relationship. And you are supposed to move from waist high to chest and then to overflowing to the point where you cannot walk across. Unfortunately, for most Christians in our day-to-day, we get comfortable with the ankle relationship, and that is where we stop. So our relationship with God does not go beyond ankle, maybe at best knee-high, and it stops there. Hallelujah. Our prayer life doesn't go past knee-high. Our word life doesn't go past knee-high. Our worship life does not go past knee high. We don't feel the love of God so much that we are compelled to share the word of God or the love of God with anybody else. Because our relationship is very um, shallow. Am I talking to somebody? When you have a relationship with anybody who is not significant in your life, Sometimes you can forget their names because they don't really matter. Isn't that true? Sometimes you forget where they live. 
because the relationship is not really waist or chest deep. Amen. That is how come we can forget our Bibles throughout the week and only remember it on Sunday morning when we are about to come to church because the relationship is not very deep. Amen. Amen. And you see, in a, in a setting like this, in a church like this, we can get very fooled to think that we are all at the same level. Amen. Because we can all, we come, we say, okay, pray, we pray. They say, uh, sing, we, we sing. Sometimes we don't know the words, we just look at, and these days they've made it so easy for everybody. You just have to watch the words. And, and then some, some of us don't even own the Bible. We just come to church and then it will be projected so we see what they are saying. And then it is fine. So really, we are like this guy in ankle high in the water and walking through their relationship with God. How many know that you can never drown in an ankle deep water? Hello? You can never get drowned in an ankle deep relationship. Which means that God can't do some things or can't reveal himself in a certain way to you. I read somewhere in Psalm 107, I think verse 35 down, where it says that they that go to do business in the deep, they see the wonders of God. Because the wonders of God are where? In the deep, not anchor. Hallelujah. They that go to do business in great waters, they are the ones who see God. Hallelujah. Are you seeing it? Those who go down to the sea, go back, go back. Those who go down to the sea in ships who do great, who do business on great waters, they see the works of the Lord and his wonders in the deep. Which means that if you are walking by the sea side, the seashore, you will not see the wonders of God. Hello? You will not have, you will see sand. At best, the, 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 the end of the wave coming will just blow past your knee. And you just feel like your, your knee is wet. And your feet is filled with sand. And the sand is wet. And you can say, oh, the water is very cold. Or the water is very warm. But that is it. Because you haven't bothered to go deep, you will not have a relationship. You will not experience or encounter something that is great. Hello? Am I talking to somebody? And you see, with God, if you want to relate with God in an uncle relationship, he will stay there. You know, in the story we just read in Ezekiel, he said, he led me. Which means that I allowed myself to be led. I followed. I decided to go. If I hadn't followed, he would have stopped at the place where the water reached my ankle. If I wasn't willing to move further, he would have left me there. Am I making sense? When he got to the knee deep in the water, if he had decided to stop there, do you guess what? The angel, the man of God, the angel would have stopped right there. But because the guy was willing to move further, he also took him to the waist deep. Amen. So it doesn't matter who your pastor is. It doesn't matter who your leader is. If you are not willing to move further in Christ, in God, you will not experience God in a certain way. Amen. As newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Is it First Peter 2.2? 2, 2? You, you need to have a certain desire. Amen. To go deep with God. Amen. Otherwise, you will not encounter God and you will not see God. Amen. Am I talking to somebody? So we said that 10 ways to go deep in our relationship with God. The first one is what? Have the desire. Somebody say, I will have a desire. Listen, don't stop at the place where you, you know God up to. 
that is not the only place to be. Now you can speak in a few tongues. So that is it. Your relationship with God ends at the place where you can speak in tongues. And that's all. Do you know that even in speaking in tongues, there are different levels. Hello? How many understand that? In tongues, there are different levels. You can grow deeper in your prayer life. Amen. In your attendance of church, there are different levels. For instance, those who come to church on Sunday alone, they have a certain relationship. Those who go past Sunday and come on Wednesday, they also have a different relationship. Those who, after tonight, will go to pray at 5.30 a.m., will also have a different relationship. How am I making sense? Because, you see, you can stop at a place that is convenient for you, but that is not the only place to get to. Amen. Am I talking to somebody? Today you are very quiet. What's the matter? Sorry? The first thing is... <laughs> the first thing has become Storm Eunice. Storm Eunice passed a long time ago. Amen. And you see, the picture of, of the story we read, it, it, it showed a man walking, isn't it? A man was walking behind the man of God. How many know that it takes an effort to walk? Lazy people don't like walking. Can I say that again? Lazy people don't like walking. You know, until I bought a certain watch, I didn't know that I don't walk at all. You're supposed to walk 10,000 steps every day. And when I got the watch and I started to monitor my steps, I realized that I was doing around 4,000, 5,000. And that was like a very, very busy day. But how many know that human beings are made to work? We are supposed to be, you see, you are at your most healthy when you walk between 15 and 20,000 steps a day. You are at your most healthy because you are designed to walk. But the mind tells us that walking is too much of a bother. So we all, all like to have a car or take a bus in a journey where we can walk. I'm not, I'm not advocating exercise. I'm just telling you that. I, I am trying to get us to understand that the effort that it takes to walk, to be healthy, is the same effort it takes to get deeper in God. Am I making sense? Are you getting it? Yeah. It takes effort to pray. It takes effort to read the Bible. Last week we were saying that when you want to fast, that is when your stomach says no. When you want to fast, that is when you locate some things. Have you not realized when you want to read the Bible? That's when you feel sleepy. You can read books on physics. You can read books on politics. And you will not feel sleepy. But as soon as you take Leviticus 32... It will put you straight to sleep. When you start reading, you see your eyes crossing. And by the time you are like 10 minutes into the reading, you don't understand anything you read. But you can read those small, small, tiny, tiny tweets. You can read and read and read. You want to, under, you want to see where the story ends. 
See, the one that you, you, you come in the middle of the argument and you trace it all the way back. And you start reading, 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 reading. You try doing the same thing with Leviticus to see where, trace it all the way back to the start of the argument. You see, you will not get that far. Hello? Am I talking to somebody? But it takes a desire. Just as it takes a desire to read all those things. You have to have a desire. Otherwise, you will not go deep with God. The going down to great waters to do business with God, it doesn't come naturally. It is something that we have to force ourselves to do. Amen. I read in the Bible somewhere that the natural man can receive nothing from God because they are spiritually discerned. What that scripture means is that in our natural state, the things of God are something that we fight. Do you understand what I'm saying? The natural man doesn't want anything godly. So if you're a very natural person and your flesh dominates you, you will never be godly. How many know that the flesh is very strong? If you are somebody who doesn't know how to discipline this flesh, you will never do anything spiritual. Amen. What was the second thing we talked about? We are on a journey going deep in our relationship. The first one is desire. Number two is what? How many, who, who wrote notes? Hey. Nobody wrote. Sorry? We only did one. Change the atmosphere. The first was make a decision. Number two, change the atmosphere. Amen. The atmosphere around us is carnal. How many know that? The news, the radio, the TikTok, the Facebook, the Snapchat, the Instagram, and all the TV and social media is very carnal and anti-God. How many know that? It takes an effort to change all those things into a godly form. Because there's God in TikTok. There's God in, on YouTube. There's God on Snapchat. There's, there's God on Netflix. But you have to make a conscious effort. You have to be mindful of changing that natural thing into a godly setting to have the God around you. Amen. And if you are not ready to do that, you are not ready to be spiritual. It's not everything that passes that you must watch. Hello. How many understand what I'm saying? It's not every notification that comes that you must watch. You have to create a certain spiritual setting for the noti- notification to become spiritual. Amen. It takes a conscious effort to change the music atmosphere from secular to gospel in your home. In your car, your car will not change the music setting if you don't change it. In your uh, Bluetooth wireless earphones, the sound that is going into your ear will not change itself if you don't change it. Am I making sense? The friends you work with, if you don't change them deliberately into spiritual friends, you will be, remain carnal. Can you imagine you have gone to fast for seven days? And then as soon as you get out, the first person you meet is talking about the party. What do you call the, this type of uh, African parties in the park? Ghana party. They say Bernard Boy is in uh, uh, Manchester. 
And that is everywhere. When you go on Instagram, it's uh, Bernard Boys, Whiskey, it's uh, Sugar Boys, uh, Baby Boy, all the boys are coming. If that is, and those are the circle of friends you have around you. Guess what? By the time you realize you are in the midst of Benna Boy. I don't know who the Benna Boy is. I don't know the type of music he sings. So don't, don't even write to me. I don't read it. <laughs> Hallelujah. How many understand what I'm saying? And it won't work. How many know that your friends are intentionally selected? Don't have accidental friends. As for acquaintances, you can have a lot. But friends, you must be very choosy. Amen. Your friend that becomes your, your flatmate must not be an accident. Amos 3.3, 3, and how can two walk together except they, they agree? If your Flatmate is bringing different men in, different men out. Different men in, different men out. And you are trying to be serious with God. How far do you think you will go in your relationship with God? Hello. Oh, you don't like what I'm saying? If all they talk about in the house... It's football, it's politics, it's women and drink. How far would you go in your walk with God? Amen. For me, I don't have a lot of friends. And the reason I don't have a lot of friends is that where I'm going, only few are going there. So I can't afford to bring, go with people who are not going where I'm going. I always say that is don't carry a heavy load as you are trying to climb a tree. Get up the tree. Then you can pull others up. Do you understand? Some of us, we like to pull our friends when we are trying, we ourselves, we are trying to climb in our relationship with God. And you have all these dead weights hangers on, hanging on you, trying to climb. Do you think you'll make it? It's not possible. Amen. So create the atmosphere. Get rid of some people. If you are serious in your work with God, there are some friends you need to get rid of. There are some things you need to get rid of so that you can go forward with God. Number three. Sorry? Immensing yourself in the word of God. How many know that a lot of us, we know about God's word, but we don't know God's word? There are two different things. Knowing about, it doesn't mean you know it. Most of, if you have been in church for more than two, three years, you may have heard most of the stories in the Bible. But you haven't taken time to study those things. So there are hidden instructions, hidden um, revelations that you have never ever seen and you will never see. How many understand what I'm saying? Because you haven't studied it. And the scripture says in, uh, uh, is it 1 Timothy 2.15? When you, show, you study, you show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needs not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. When you study, then God, God approves you. When you don't study, you are not approved. Have you ever gone to write an exam? The exam that you wrote, you didn't really study. But you, 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 you kind of know about it, so you wrote the general broad knowledge. How many know what I'm talking about? If you, have that, if you do a, a certain type of course, you can dribble with a lot of grammar. Thinking you have done, you tickle yourself and laugh and think you have done very well. You get more papers. 
<laughs> like last Sunday, people got more papers, but I didn't reach anywhere. <laughs> the ones who didn't get more papers, they were the ones who did well. How many understand what I'm saying? Because you think you know about, but you don't really know because you haven't taken time to study. Amen. Immerse yourself in the word of God. Become a word connoisseur. Instead of listening to rubbish all day, listen to the word of God. Read the word of God. How many have this type of podcast or that people talk nonsense all day? These days on social media, everybody's an expert. An expert on nonsense. And they talk the nonsense with so much seriousness and vim and excitement. That they have a lot of following. But when you try to listen to what they are saying, everything sounds silly. How many know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Why waste the time on those things when you can use that time on getting deep in the word of God? Hello? Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. The more you allow yourself to hear the word, the better you get in your faith with God. Amen. If you don't allow yourself to hear, the faith will not come. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. For everyone who comes to God must know that he is and that he is a rewarder. Hebrews 11.6. He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. You see, so you need faith to, to get to the place where God rewards you. But how can you have faith when you ha- don't have the word? Amen. Number, what number are we on? Sorry? Number, what number is it? Number four. Okay, number four is immerse yourself in prayer. Prayer is talking to God. Prayer is talking to God. When you talk to somebody, you grow in your relationship with a person. True or not true? The more you talk, the more... So, you may start as casual friends. But as you talk, you move from casual friends into being a relationship, in a relationship. Or these days, what they say, we are talking. When they say talking, I don't understand. Because these days, talking means a lot of things. Why why are you mentioning people's names? Say we are talking. (laughs) Sasha, if I were you, I would be very, very offended that he mentioned my name. (laughs) I'm trying to move on, but a lot of things are going through my mind. Prayer will bring you into communication with God. Amen. You can pray all day long and ask for ask many questions and allow God to give you answers. Amen. How many know that parents like the child who always comes around to just vibe with them? How many know what I'm talking about? The child always wants to keep you company and have a, he's always talking, having conversations and everything. You get, you get along better with that child because communication brings a deeper relationship. Amen. 
when we, are, when we become prayerful, we go deeper in our relationship. Incidentally, now I want to put a caveat here. Incidentally, these days, the type of prayer that people pray is not the type of communication I'm talking about. Hello? You know the type of prayer I'm talking about. That sounds more like chanting. Apaya, 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 apaya. What is apaya? That is not prayer. That's chanting. You see, they form a circle. Then this one, apaya, aturie, apaya, aturie, apaya, aturie, apaya, aturie, apaya, aturie. You are making noise and you are making rhythm. It's not prayer. That's not prayer. So when you say, we have prayed for five hours. You didn't pray for five. You went to waste your, your breath for four hours. Prayer is communication. And there are, there are laws regarding prayer. If you are going to pray, remember Satan is very legalistic. And prayer is like a law court. You must have your facts. You must have the law that you are standing on to pray. Am I making sense? So you must know the word. Otherwise you can't pray. A lot of people are very, very good at praying, but they don't know the word. So obviously their prayer is ineffective. The majority of people who don't last in the faith are the prayer warriors. Followed by worship leaders. Oh, you don't want me to talk. The people who say they are prayer warriors, they don't stay. In, in, you see them, they are here on fire, on fire. Give them five years, ten years, go and come and see whether they will, they'll be here. Because as they begin to pray, they get arrogant and think they know. They are like worship leaders. As they begin to lead and worship, they think they know. So they become arrogant. And they don't last. Hallelujah. Hello. Hello. Let me move on. Mark chapter 11. No, go to uh, Psalm 55 verse 17. Evening and morning and at noon will I pray and cry aloud and he shall hear my voice. Amen. Listen, when you are going to pray, remember when Satan came to tempt Jesus. It was a legal battle. How many remember? It is written. Then Jesus also says it's written. Then says it's written. Then it's written. Every time you go into prayer, it is the same battle. You are fighting. How many know that in that uh, uh, encounter in Matthew 4 and Luke 4, it was, not, it was not a physical fight? Jesus, Jesus was not being led. Now command these stones and you see these stones, make them bread. No, no. It is, a, it is something that is happening in the mind. It's a psychological thing, but it is something that is happening and it's as real as you are reading it. Am I making sense? So when you go into prayer, remember Satan is the accuser of the brethren. Satan is the accuser in the midst of the brethren. He is always standing there saying the reason why God must not give you. He says, has Job 
saved you for naught? Is it not because you have given him all these things and you have put a hedge around him so that his goods are in peace? If you like, take the hedge around him and let me try him and see whether he will not curse you to your face. Job was in prayer when his children went to, to party. He says, Lord, if they have sinned, in case they are sinning, forgive them. In case they are doing anything wrong, I'm praying for forgiveness. It is not aturiye apala, aturiye apala, aturiye apala, aturiye apala. It sounds nice, but it's not prayer. See, Satan is very, very, very clever. Just as the Tower of Babel, because these guys have the right communication, what they intend to do, no man can stop them from doing. So go and confuse their language. So now it's seen that people are praying in tongues. So confuse their tongues that they are praying. So now people are praying in tongues, but the prayer in to of tongues is not intelligent. It is not prayer of tongues. It is now, um, what's it called? Chanting. If you read Acts chapter 2, where the diverse kinds of tongues started, the Bible says that the people that walked around so said that these people pray in our own native language and we hear them extolling the virtues of God. It's not aturie apala. Aturie apala. No. See them harmony and they are clapping and the drums are also following them. It's amazing. We take all our fetish Fetish worship into everything. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. I'm not saying don't pray in tongues. I'm saying that as you're praying in tongues, have the word. Whatever you're praying about, what does the word of God say on that? Do you know what the word of God says on it? Stand on the word and pray. Amen. You don't like what I'm saying. Number, number five. How deep is your worship? How deep is your worship? I read somewhere that God inhabits the praise of his people. Is that true? Psalm 119, verse 164. He says that seven times a day I will praise you for your righteous laws. Amen. If God inhabits the praise of his people, then when you praise him, you are getting closer to him. When you worship him, you draw yourself closer to him. Isn't that true? The Bible says that the elders worship day and night before the throne. They cast their crowns in worship and adoration. Are, are you getting it? They cast their crowns. They worship. A lot of us don't know how to worship anymore. These days, it's all about we come when the praise and worship is going on, we listen to music. And the worshipers have become singers. Singing is not the same as worshiping. Worship is much, much more than singing. Not every singer can worship. Worship starts from the heart. Worship is ministry. Am I talking to somebody? Worship is ministry. Not just 
I know how to sing the song, so I'm singing the song. No. Worship is a spiritual offering that you are bringing. So, what is the offering you are holding? Remember we talked about two guys going to offer a sacrifice to God? Remember Cain and Abel? One took the choices of the fatlings and went to present it. And the other also picked a few available, what do you call it? Uh, foodstuffs, you know, produce from the house that was just around and then he took it and all went to put it there. And the Bible says that, and God had respect for, the, for Abel and his worship. But for Cain, God did not respect his worship. The song you are coming to sing, how, how did you choose it? How long have you been mewling over it? Did you just pick it on the way as you were coming? Just what song can I sing? What song can I just pick some vegetables here, pick some, uh, what do you call it, fruits here, pick something here. You just arranged it, packaged it, brought it via the instrumentalist, then you came to stand there. That's not worship. When true worship is done, the atmosphere must change. If you light an incense in the room that, is, that has fragrance, would it not change the smell in the room? I mean, you know what I'm saying? If you light incense, would it not change the fragrance in the room? So ask yourself, after your praise and worship, has the room changed? Has the atmosphere changed? If you don't know how to worship in your house, at home, by yourself, in your bedroom, you will never know how to worship in the house of God. I don't care which orchestra is leading you. And worship is not manipulation. Everybody, I say lift up your hands, close your eyes, kneel down. No, 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 no. When it is real worship, you won't need to tell us to lift our hands. You won't tell us to sing the song again. The place is going quiet. A true worshiper may not have a good voice, but when they stand to lead, the presence of God just comes into the place. Ask yourself, after you are finished singing, you yourself, you, you, you want to disappear from the stage. So obviously what you did was zero. How can you come into this place and lead me to Pastor Sam's office if you have never been in Pastor Sam's office? You come here. You see, this, this building has many, many doors and many rooms. And I say to you that, please take me to Pastor Sam's office. And he said, sure, I'll take you to Pastor Sam's office. And then you go. Let's try this door. <laughs> go. Let's try this door. You go. Let's try this door. Do you know after a while I stop following you? That is how leading of worship is like in this place sometimes. When I say this place, I'm not talking about this particular church. Any church. Because the person has never been to the presence of God themselves. So how can they lead us to the place? Bible says, how can the blind lead the blind? Would they not both fall in a pit? Having a good voice doesn't mean you're a worshiper. Knowing the gimmicks, you know the gimmicks, the art, doesn't mean you're a worshiper. How many know what I'm talking about? The artistry of worship is just an art. Anybody can learn that. But true worship, you cannot learn it. It is caught. And all of us must learn how to become worshippers. We don't need 
to rely on somebody to lead us. If you have watched it at home, the person may be so carnal and full of whatever, but when they start, your spirit will connect and take you to the presence of God. Am I making sense? Everybody can be a worshiper. You don't need to have a good voice. But learn to worship God. Amen. I say learn to worship God. That will take you. There are some things that prayer can do, but worship can do. How many know what I'm saying? How many understand what I'm saying? There are some prayers that prayer talking will never take you there, but worship can take you. Amen. But, but you must know who the God of the worship is. Otherwise, you won't be able to worship him well. What number are we on? Sorry? Six. Number six. Find, it's my time up. All right, let me give you, I'll just give you the list and we'll close. Find the opportunity to do the work of God. If you want to draw closer to God in a place like this, in a church like this, put yourself in the service of God. It will take you closer. Amen. Oh, I said amen. Yeah, draw closer. Find and dive into the life of a church that believes the word of God. In Ephesians 5.15, it says, I see that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the times, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of God is. And do not be drunk with wine wherein is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking with one another in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart, giving thanks always for all things to God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Submitting to one another in the fear of God. Find a regular church and work there. It will draw you close. How many will say that working in the house of God has drawn you closer to God? Yeah. When you are somebody who comes to church and just partake in church, you'll be on the outer court. Those who work in the temple, they are in the inner court. Isn't that true? The, chief, the high priest and all those, they are in the inner court. The rest are in the outer court. Force yourself not to be in the outer court. Find yourself in the inner court. As you go, get to the inner court, you are drawing closer to the presence of God. Amen. Oh, I said amen. amen. What number are we on? Number seven. Don't allow the dry season to distract you. Don't allow the dry season. I'll explain it. You just write it. Someone say dry season. Or the wilderness period. The dry season or the wilderness period is a period where it seems as if God has disappeared from you. As if God is not there. It's a place where you find yourself in trouble. It's as if you get to a place where you are praying, but you feel that God is not hearing. How many have encountered something like that? Don't allow that season to keep you away from drawing closer to God. When you persist through the wilderness period, the wilderness period will end. Amen. I said, when you persist through the wilderness period, it will end. 2 Corinthians 4, 16 to 18. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, 
yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things that are seen are temporary, but the things that cannot be seen are eternal. Hallelujah. So, you must understand that even though that you are not feeling or seeing and looks, look towards God. And this light affliction is for a moment. It will pass. It's temporary. Don't allow the dry season to take you and move you away from God. Don't allow the, the feeling that God is not hearing me. My problem is not leaving. My landlord is still chasing me. Things are not working. I've been fasting and praying and all that. This while Things haven't changed. Don't allow that thing to move you away from God. Amen. The wilderness period will make you discouraged. But fight your discouragement. What number are we on? Number eight, become a contagious Christian. Become a contagious Christian. Become contagious in your faith. How many know that you will never know what you know until you share it with somebody? As you begin to share the love of God, share the word of God, share your faith with others, your faith grows. Amen. As you begin to share your testimony with others, your faith in the God of the, the miracle grows. Amen. What number are we on? Number nine. Number nine, do not allow offense to distract you. Luke chapter 17, verse 1. And he said to his disciples, it's impossible, but offense needs come. But woe to him through whom it comes. How many know that offense has to come? I preached a message some time ago that pain is good. How many know that pain is good? When your body is in pain, it means you are alive. Have you seen somebody who is, is dying of cancer or something? Then you enter at a time, you enter the room, and the room is peaceful. What does it mean? No life. So pain or hurt or offense is good for you. It means you are still alive. But don't allow that pain to distract you from drawing closer to God. There was a guy in the Bible. This guy was the first to notice and announce the ministry of Jesus. This guy said that this is the one, the son of God that has been brought into the world. I am not even worthy to untie his shoelaces. And he baptized Jesus. But as time went on, Bible says that he was imprisoned. You think about it. I always like to read the Bible in pictures so it makes me understand it better. You have announced this Jesus. So you have a certain relationship with him. Apart from ministry, you are related. And you are in prison. This Jesus doesn't come to visit you. This Jesus who has been healing the sick. 
raising the dead. He's been feeding the hungry. He's done so many miracles that you have heard of. In fact, some of your, your disciples left you to go and follow him. And now you are in prison and he doesn't bother to visit you. So in his offense, he sends his um, servants to Jesus to say that, are you the Messiah? Ah, did you not announce me as the Messiah? Are you the Messiah or should we look for another? Maybe it's not you. Let's look for the other, the real, original Messiah. You know when you're offended, you talk. Amen. How many understand what I'm saying? The story is in Mark chapter 11, Matthew chapter 11 if you want to read it. Listen to what Jesus says. He says, go back to John. Verse 4, go and tell John the things which you see and hear. The blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. And then he goes on to say that blessed is he who is not offended because of me. What has the dead being raised and the blind being healed got to do with me being in prison? At the moment, what I need from you, Jesus, is that I should be released from this place. Work a miracle for me to live here. But no. Rather, you are telling him that, telling them to go and tell him that the lepers are cleansed, the gospel is preached to the poor. Offense is a very, very terrible thing. Some of us, we allow offense of people to drive us from going deep with God. Their husbands and wives, when they quarrel at home, they don't go to church because of their wife. Meanwhile, they are in the house with their wife or the husband. There are some people who backslide from church because of offense. Listen, nobody's worth you losing your salvation. Nobody is worth you losing your crown. Me, I am not worth you losing your crown if I offend you. If your crown is here and I've offended you, so because of me, you lose your crown. You are not serious. Forget me and serve. You are not serving me, you are serving God. So don't allow me to be in your way. Am I making sense to you? As annoying as I may be, don't allow me to get in your way to your crown. See, Jesus himself is annoying John. John is about to lose his crown because of offense. So Jesus is saying, blessed is he who is not offended in me. Because if you are not offended in me, then you receive your crown. But if you are offended in me, you will not receive your crown. Offense is a thief. And you know that the offense of a brother is more painful. There's a scripture that says that a brother who is offended is difficult to be worn. That is like a city without a gate. Let me look for that scripture for you. Are you okay with me so far? Proverbs 18:19. A brother offended is harder to win than a strong city. And contentions are like bars of a castle. Sometimes, the person who has offended you is God. 
How many know that some people are offended with God, but they can't say it? The person they are angry with is God himself. Because when they expected him to come through, he didn't come through. And that offense can make them, distract them from going closer to God. My prayer for you is that you will not allow anything or anyone to distract you. Amen. What's number one? Number one is what? Make a decision, number two. Number three. Number four. Number five. Sorry? How deep is your worship? Number six. Number seven. The dry season, number eight. Number nine. I think you have.